that is where i feel the categorization of good and bad falls apart because it's not about whether something is objectively good or something is objectively bad even our understanding of subjective good and bad is based on what is needed and useful and required for us at any given moment in time My name is Kabir. Hi, my name is Arushi. We often have conversations about mental health, spirituality, relationships, culture and stuff like that. So we decided to throw a mic between us and start a podcast. I'm currently in training to be a therapist, but these opinions and these ideas that I present right now are not any expert opinions. It's just stuff that I think. I'm a jack of all trades with experience in marketing, mental health, game design and more. So without further ado let's get into the podcast. Yeah so uh I think uh, the topic for our conversation today was what makes a person good and what makes a person bad. What are good people and what are bad people? Yeah. Okay. So tell me a little bit about your perspective. Um I don't really know who is a bad person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to make snap judgments about people and sort of put them in these buckets of good and bad. But lately I it's become hard to do that i wouldn't even say i don't do that it's just literally hard to do that because it's hard to see anyone like as a bad person like putting that label on their entire being as like bad mm-hmm. sure like i can i get that people have undesirable qualities and desirable qualities yeah but even the desirable desirability of a person is subjective okay from other people's perspective so i don't know how objectively anyone can be good or bad okay Right so uh it sounds like in your opinion there are no bad people as such or there are some but in your opinion most people are not bad people they have just good and bad qualities people i've heard about talk to listen to yeah i mean i i don't know if i would call anyone bad or like I would weirdly I would call people good but it's not good as opposed to bad it's just like good which mm-hmm. is a confusing statement to make. Yeah no I think I do understand where you're coming from because uh, so I used to in the past be one of those people who viewed the whole world as uh, like bad in a way like those people who used to believe that if you leave uh, people alone and there's no like law or anything like that there's just like pure anarchy then it's going to devolve into something terrible okay yeah the kind of person who reads like these books such as lord of the flies and imagines the worst of humanity okay. you know how there are categories where some people believe that all people are inherently good like carl rogers yeah 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 and then there are people who are like all people are inherently bad we just have to civilize ourselves okay so i used to be in the latter category okay. where i used to think that all people are capable of really terrible things but we just don't do that because we don't get the opportunity to hmm so uh, so what i'm hearing is you thought that left to our own devices civilization would break down yes <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah and uh, what I, made you think that i think it's partly from uh, the stuff that i have seen i have read about like i was a big fan of true crime and all of the i guess generally like reading about cults and 
the worst of humanity okay that makes you think people have these sort of uh, impulses and that people are inherently driven towards doing bad stuff okay and i think from my own experiences a little bit because i have met some terrible people in my life mm. which i now think they are not terrible mm. but i i used to back then mm. and from my own place of like hurt and uh, being in a place where i myself thought of myself as a bad person mm. i think from that perspective i used to think that all people are inherently bad what changed your perspective of seeing hmm. these people as good or, or like bad i think i realized that people are a product of their circumstances okay so that was the main driving factor and it was also partially being more compassionate to myself hmm interesting like sure i have made some judgments that are not great that are in fact pretty bad but in retrospect looking back at them i have gone through a lot of like emotional trauma and a lot of very very difficult times and uh, i didn't even like understand my emotions back then in the past um like you know i uh, have been diagnosed with adhd now but before that i was always labeled as like you know lazy careless immature and a person who didn't really put any thought into the things that they did and then when you label a person that way all your life then they somehow become that kind of person you know hmm. like if everyone's calling you selfish or uh, like narcissistic or evil or anything then you sort of want to live up to that okay what what makes you want to live up to that hmm. i think the expectation that people have of you hmm because it's funny that if a person has like you know these expectations that you're going to be a very uh, like mean and different cold person then you try and become that person because mm. then you have those same expectations of yourself you feel validated when you do that yeah because then you're meeting their expectation exactly then it's, it's not like incongruent yeah 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 i think that's very true if you hold people to a certain standard they will fall to meet that standard or rise to meet that standard eventually yeah. given the right support and the right circumstances so it's really it's th- that kind of thinking is what makes me have hope for people mm-hmm. because it's only if people have hope for other people can people like grow mm-hmm. yeah and you know like if you give up on people they give up on themselves That's right. I think a, a part of it was also due to like uh, meeting people who are better for me as like romantic partners including you of course. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think like after I started dating people who were like who looked at me in a more like humane manner hmm. instead of like putting me on a pedestal or just like thinking of me a certain way or buying into the image that I project hmm. of myself. Hmm. and uh, that's when i wanted to be good you know like when you sort of believed in me i guess and uh, you gave me a chance even though like i didn't really have uh, even though like you didn't have a good reason to do that i didn't give you anything to go off of like all of the stuff that i told you about myself and all of the things that i had done in the past like why would a person want to date someone even though they've heard very sketchy things about them 
I mean, yeah. <laughs> so that thought definitely crossed my mind. Like, I was like, this is somewhat sketchy. Like, exactly. Because, like, you used to ghost a lot in the beginning, right? And, yeah. Or, or you would just not, like, respond in very directly or very openly. And you had walls up. That was obvious. But uh, something within me was like, I don't... So I didn't really have expectations from our relationship. Yeah. Right. I didn't really see it going anywhere. I didn't really see it not going anywhere. I honestly, in in a sense, mm-hmm. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. And I put all the effort I could into it. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that now. But at that point in time, I didn't realize that's what I was doing. I just was like, let's see where this goes. Mm-hmm. It's really as simple as that. So, with that kind of attitude, it was hard to take anything as a red flag. <laughs> until, like, something happened. But nothing actually happened. There was just red flags and nothing ever you know got bad so things just got better yeah yeah. and i guess i'm lucky that way because a lot of the times people have red flags and they don't listen to them and things get worse but i don't know if it's luck or like uh, i think uh, part of that reason is also that you gave me that chance like you gave me that opportunity and Mm -hmm. i never did anything to show you otherwise yeah that's true yeah yeah i think it was just like oh yeah now that i think about it, it was just like i was okay getting hurt Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was really that I was like, I can't get anywhere if I am scared of getting hurt. So like, I'm just going to do mm-hmm. that. And if I get hurt, I'll get hurt. And then time heals all wounds, hopefully, mm-hmm. and I'll move on. Okay. But thankfully, that didn't happen. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think uh, ha- like on that note, uh, it's really, really important to not ignore red flags. And also, like, consider them because a lot of times you have to decide, like, where these red flags are coming from and maybe, like, explore that. It could be coming from a place of trauma and hurt and insecurity. And you don't have to be the person to sort of fix that, right? Like, a lot of people don't want to be fixed. And I think you just, like, can't go and fix someone who doesn't, like, want that or who's not ready for that. And I think a person who is sort of coming to you for a fix can also lead to a codependent relationship, which is really problematic. Yeah, I I think it's very important to not wear rose-tinted glasses and just try not to wear glasses at all. (laughs) (laughs) That analogy may break down if your vision vision isn't great. But um, (laughs) the idea is to not be biased. Uh, And if you wear rose-tinted glasses, all red flags appear as regular flags. Yeah, so, thanks for quoting Bojack. Really, you. that's a Bojack. I was quoting you. So, <laughs> well, I guess, okay, cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, at, at that point, I wasn't really like ignoring red flags. It was just that I was looking at them, acknowledging that these are red flags and then making a conscious decision that uh, whether I want to engage further or not engage further. Mm-hmm. I was just like, is there something that is worth, you know, engaging with? Yeah. And I was like, there is a lot worth engaging with. So let's see where this goes. And if it doesn't, you know, go a way that is favorable to both of us, because mm-hmm. a relationship is 50-50 either way, mm-hmm. um, then we'll see what to do at that point. Yeah. I think it, it was also important that I was also putting in effort and you could see that. Yeah. And if I think that would not have been the case, then... That's true. It, it didn't feel one-sided. It, there may have been red flags, but it didn't feel one-sided at all. It was like... Yeah, exactly what you said. You're putting in effort, I'm putting in effort. So let's see where this goes. Yeah, yeah. So like, if there's just like one partner who is putting in effort and the other partner is just like, well, whatever, then I think that's where a lot of issues arise. Yeah. 
we we kind of went on a tangent from the original topic um <laughs> about yes so coming back to like uh, bad people yeah coming back to bad people mm-hmm. i don't want to go back to bad people <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is bad what does bad mean i i think it's very subjective it's uh, so okay um let me think about this uh, so when i was in high school mm-hmm. i got bullied a lot and mm-hmm. at that point and to some extent even now i would say those kids those people were bad people they were bad to me mm-hmm. and i think those are two very different sentences <clears throat> um if someone is bad to me how does my mind then make a conclusion that they are bad people it's like if something happens to me then that becomes that, that becomes a label that i assign to the person who i think is responsible for making it happen to me and and they definitely are responsible for that don't get me wrong like people should take responsibility for what they've done to other people and at the same time we should also consider why they did that um hmm. unfortunately like in situations like mine um in bullying for the most part people just don't know what they're doing they yeah. they are conditioned in a certain way they don't know the impact of their actions they don't think it has any effect um or like they they may know that intellectually but they don't realize it they don't mm-hmm. feel it like they it's like people said like teenagers are assholes they don't have empathy i think to some extent that's true but empathy is also taught mm-hmm. um and if someone doesn't learn it what do you do yeah so right like if there's a person who is a bully and they are a bully because they have learned nothing else like they've seen that being modeled in their house like maybe their dad is uh, aggressive towards their mom or maybe like they have elder siblings who are aggressive towards them if like this is the only language that they know and nobody ever taught them how to not be a bully then is it that person's fault i think to some extent everyone needs to take accountability for their actions and their consequences yep so yes they are responsible for causing you hurt but at the same time they weren't doing it like intentionally yeah i would differentiate between responsibility and blame yeah like i would give them responsibility for it but i wouldn't blame them for it anymore part of the reason for that is because in their position i can see myself doing that very easily yeah um because i had also experienced so much bullying at school mm-hmm. i sort of learned that this is normal because that's what like a kid's brain does it just takes what is happening to them and around them and thinks it's normal because the alternative is too painful to like yeah one the alternative is too painful and two how would you know better if that's what you've seen yeah like you need to compare alternatives to essentially judge which is better and if you don't see alternatives that's all you know um so partly i think it was because i hadn't seen much better and partly it was because i could feel like those tendencies uh, also arise in me and mm-hmm. i would take out like my anger my frustration my just my self hate i could see myself doing that to other people i started to and then i sort of caught myself because it didn't feel right because mm-hmm. thankfully i had some of my upbringing taught me to not do that to other people so there was a huge conflict in my mind and i can imagine that that conflict wasn't as strong in their other people's mind yeah yeah I think uh, that also reminds me the point about not knowing better. Um so I was studying BPD mm-hmm. as a part of like my training and stuff. BPD is borderline personality disorder 
and uh, that's basically a disorder where people don't experience stable emotions and people don't have an integrated self- sense of self-worth now what that looks like is that people base their sense of self off of other people this sounds very normal but it's not uh, in normal forms so people who experience this usually experience very extreme emotions they show a lot of impulsive behavior this can look like reckless spending cheating on people in relationships and they also experience very unstable emotions so sometimes they self harm that's one of the diagnostic criteria and because this uh, disorder usually manifests in people who are not in very healthy relationships it can be judged very harshly mm. and even mental health providers a lot of them don't want to t- treat people with bpd so uh, i think a lot of that reason is that this disorder along with narcissistic personality disorder and other such disorders is usually categorized as bad okay. in some way yeah and i think a large part of that stigma is just their actions mm-hmm. because if you notice a person is behaving in a way in their relationships where they are constantly lying to their partner mm-hmm. cheating on them sort of like threatening them that they'll self harm themselves if they leave and things like that mm-hmm. that can be very painful to experience yeah both for uh, the partner and the person yeah but we usually see the harm to the partner yeah and not to the person who is doing all of these things right yep we just label them as like bad or like unhealthy or not even unhealthy because that's giving them <laughs> you know some sort of excuse almost yeah which i think is fair to give them that yeah so uh, i think i myself can like understand where this is coming from because i was in a really long term relationship with a person who had bpd and i didn't know it back then So I have been through a lot of like emotional abuse that they caused me and I labeled them as sort of like a bad person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also like wrote this lengthy email to them saying how like you know they had been terrible to me and this and that which they have been and uh, they did a lot of very 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 questionable things and uh, I think it's very fair to say that I have been through a lot of hurt and trauma that was caused by this person. but then again like since this person learned only this way of communication like since because they have bpd and they don't know how else to do things then i can't like blame that person for it i'm no longer angry at them how would you differentiate between getting making excuses for someone like giving them leeway mm-hmm. uh, and being a doormat mm-hmm. and like actually understanding the roots of why they did something and you know being okay with it i think uh, there's a difference between sort of taking accountability for your actions like you said in the past and uh, understanding where you're coming from so that's what is the difference between giving them leeway and making excuses for them versus uh, like actually understanding their situation because if you look at uh, law and if you look at how crimes are punished and stuff so a person might have schizophrenia and uh, they might uh, like be doing certain actions because they experience things differently in self defense maybe if they are experiencing hallucinations and then they want to protect themselves from it but they uh, do something uh, heinous as a result yeah so does that mean that uh, they won't be punished for that crime hmm. like sure they will experience consequences yeah because some other person was harmed due to that 
isn't there some part of the law that says like has an exemption for mental illness like is i mean this is in media so this could be completely wrong but people lawyers like in media were like you just have to prove that you're crazy yeah 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 there is a uh, like clause clause which shows that you have to be responsible for the crime and that also means that you have to be in the mental state yeah. to commit crime it's called mens rea okay but um, that doesn't mean that like you fo- won't face any consequences okay. like you can go to mental hospital oh, or right. uh, yeah. like you will be put in like you know treatment for that like you won't be allowed to go back to your life yeah yeah okay cuz it's obviously a danger to society so they want yeah. to okay i get it yeah which i have a lot of comments about okay. but i'll reserve those okay. for now um, so th- there are definitely like parts where you acknowledge that you have been hurt and that what has happened to you is very unfair but that doesn't mean like not understanding where the other person's coming from right how do you know that you actually understand where the other person's coming from or how how can it in your mind mm-hmm. when how do you know you're not making ex- excuses and actually know what the other person's going through which is making them do all the stuff that hurts you hmm. i think that's a great question and the way to do that is by your actions mostly so if you understand where this person is coming from and then you still allow them to continue that behavior and you don't step back and you don't tell them to accept that responsibility but you just think like okay it's okay because this person has xyz mental illness or you know like it's okay because this person's going through a lot and you invalidate your own feelings in the process you invalidate the um emotional pain that their actions caused you or physical pain or whatever then i think that's making excuses okay but if you say that i understand where this person is coming from and i see that they are suffering from xyz mental illness or that they've gone through trauma and that this stuff has happened to them and that's why they are doing it but my emotions are also valid and i'll not allow this person to um, invalidate my emotions by continuing these actions then that's the difference okay so like you um make the person see how their actions have hurt you but you don't do it from a place of blame you do it from a place of you've done this and it has caused me a lot of suffering and i'll um not allow this to continue anymore that sounds a lot like blame yeah it sounds like blame but i think it's just assertiveness okay. because it's just a description of what's happening right yeah like you've done this yeah which is true yeah and i have suffered which yeah. is also true yeah and i will not let this behavior continue because i don't want myself to suffer more which is also true you are just putting up boundaries yeah so there's no blame in that statement mm. there's just like a description of what's actually happening look okay that that makes sense but if you say something like uh hey i know that you never show up for me you never like put in any effort and i understand because you uh have seen your dad act this way towards your mom and i'll just like uh, i have been hurt but like whatever it's okay because i know that it's not your fault then i think that's making excuses okay the i'm hearing that it's it's okay 
and my feelings don't matter as much is like making excuses whereas yeah. like acknowledging that yeah i've been hurt and i also get where why you've done this and i don't think it's okay so like let's think about where to go from here yeah like if you actually make steps to a change that hmm. so they go to therapy or like you know they change uh, their behavior or whatever and you give them a time frame uh, in which to do so or you don't give them a time frame but you give them the resources to do so or whatever that's your decision you can negotiate that um or b uh, put a stop to the behavior like understand that i know these are your reasons and i don't blame you but you've still hurt me and i think uh, these are my boundaries you hmm. can't like be allowed to do this anymore hmm. so if you do either of those things then or if you understand that this is transient like if a person is going through a depressive phase hmm. and you tell them that i understand that this is temporary because you've uh, suffered from certain loss or grief or all of this has happened so uh, i have been hurt by your actions but i know that this will pass hmm. i think in either of those cases you actually truly understand their circumstances okay yeah that that makes sense so now that we've talked about bad people and uh, them not being bad what do you do in real life with that information in real life i i don't think it has much it changes i don't think it changes much about mm-hmm. how you go about in real life um it's more of an internal understanding and it gives you internally a sense of like peace mm-hmm. that like nobody's actually bad mm-hmm. and even if they were i mean so i guess um, no actually i'll take that back i think there is some change in real life and it's the fact that you just have a lot more compassion for people uh who you don't like yeah and also remember to not it like it makes it easier to tolerate things that you don't like because you understand why they are the way they are yeah and you can also sort of or or i i can i don't know about you i mean you as in general people but i mean i i can sort of see myself in that position or or like essentially be you know put myself in their shoes and it's not an intellectual understanding of like oh i could do that it's like i feel that urge that they may feel mm mm-hmm. mm like they may feel the urge to hurt someone mm-hmm. because they're lashing out i can relate to that mm-hmm. they may feel the urge to insult someone because they feel hurt and they want to defend themselves i can relate to that mm-hmm. um so kind of putting myself in other people's shoes helps to not only be compassionate towards them mm-hmm. but be compa- compassionate towards myself when i feel those emotions and like not beat myself up uh when i'm already like not feeling great Yeah, I think that's a great point you make, but it's also important to remember that you don't always have to have this compassion. Especially if you are very uh, emotionally close to the topic at hand, like if your trauma is happening right now or you know, if there's something that you feel really really hurt by and you feel like being compassionate towards other persons uh be, like sort of understanding where they're coming from will take more away than you have to, right now. Yeah, I don't think there's a so it doesn't feel like a should yeah. to me. Like I don't feel like I should be compassionate. It just happens. Yeah. So I think there's the difference. I don't make myself feel compassion for the other person. I mean, sometimes I do and mm-hmm. you know, it's a useful exercise to kind of empathize with other people um and to kind of be able to see what they're going through or like get some sense of that feeling within you. But it's not a should. It's not a I need to do this. It's like it just happens. yeah uh, through this understanding of like there there is good and bad in every person and 
in some people the good expresses more in some people the bad expresses more with some people it's up to us to make a decision on which one we want to see in others and in some cases like the bad expresses more and it's up to us to either distance ourselves if we don't have the resources to deal with it or if we are inclined to and have the resources engage with that to see where it's coming from mm-hmm. yeah so like if you experience something that you feel is very intense and you just can't understand where the other person's done this from or where they're coming from what their uh, motives were then that's totally fine like you don't have to put in the effort and try and do that or you don't have to like make yourself see that if uh, there's no point to it i think uh, what we are trying to say here is that it's just a process which like happens sometimes and you don't have to feel a certain way about the way uh, people do things and we mean in your mind like it would be better to label them as bad if that helps with those emotions but when you've put a bit of distance between their actions then in certain situations looking at it from this perspective might help yeah and now that you mentioned emotions it just also clicked for me that a lot of the categorization of people into good and bad comes is like black and white thinking essentially mm-hmm. and that comes from a mind that is very filled with emotions um and you know it's it's just like are you able to process that are you able to work with that do you have the support to do that like for me when i used to have these categorizations for people i was getting hurt mm-hmm. so naturally my mind made that uh division like these people are good cuz they do what i like or mm-hmm. like do what i say mm-hmm. and these people are bad because it's not even do what i like or do what i say it's just that their world view and their actions fit with my world view and my actions yeah um so it's really i i think this sort of accounts for a lot of the divides in the world in general like people's world views differ and that becomes a personal attack yeah that's true because uh, there's this whole like group thing where people that are from a group that's different from yours are usually seen as bad or wrong or different and then people who belong to the same group as yours are seen as good so these labels can sometimes uh, help in certain things but i think more often than not they just cause trouble yeah it's when you become so attached to the group you're in though that comes with a lot of emotions yeah. uh, and these are positive emotions like you feel pride you mm-hmm. feel a sense of community belonging contentment mm-hmm. and when with these emotions there's always the other side like if you feel pride and somebody disagrees with what you feel pride in you will naturally want to defend that because it feels like an attack Yeah. So the more attachment you have to all these groups like uh, at least for me the more attachment i have to groups the more easy it is for people to sort of get to that so get to those sore parts mm-hmm. those uh, the the right pressure points and really like you know uh, get on my nerves so to speak yeah. uh, and <laughs> i get very defensive so uh, the more i sort of distance myself from uh, attachments to ideas or groups and kind of just see try to see things with from different lights the easier it is to not categorize things into good and bad and just honestly it's so much it's it's chill <laughs> to not categorize things as good or bad it's like it takes up so much of your mental capacity and i don't think it's worth it yeah i think uh, 
an example would be like if i belong to a certain country and then people are uh, criticizing the country's policies or if people are criticizing something related to the country and then i get like really riled up like how dare they say something yeah. bad about my country because i see it my as country. a yeah and i see it as me. a reflection on me yep yep uh it's also like i don't do that with many groups hmm. like i don't think i have an identity that's so attached to any group in general hmm. but uh, if like a person says that uh, they don't like women in general or hmm. something like that hmm. then i do find that offensive to sure. certain extents and uh, that's actually you can find things offensive mm-hmm. and not be attached to the group and not get defensive. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Yeah. Cuz I've kind of experienced all three and it's it's very those are very interesting experiences cuz like in one case you can get offended very easily when someone is insulting something you like. Mhm. And you can also like get defensive for that. Mhm. But in other cases you can get offended and you can also not get defensive. Yeah, you can get offended on other people's behalfs also, like you know. I I think getting offended on other people's behalf is only a thing when you identify with their insecurities. Yeah. And they may not get offended because they're not they don't have that insecurity. It's literally all about insecurities, getting offended. And to be fair, if people have insecurities, we should be compassionate towards that and not be like, wow, this person is so insecure and they get offended and everything. That may be true, but that doesn't mean that just means they're struggling, not that they're like I don't know like bad. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people see insecurities as like bad. Like I've had several insecurities and it's been a whole journey to get over a lot of them. And I used to be called sensitive for a lot of the things. Like I used to be labeled sensitive because I had these this collection, this bag of insecurities I used to carry with me everywhere mm-hmm. and I would nurture it and nurse it. And anything someone would say these are all like triggers mm-hmm. that could go off it was like a bunch of bombs that required the right vo- right voice command mm-hmm. and they would go off and it's taken a lot of work to like diffuse a lot of them mm-hmm. deactivate them but i can completely like empathize with people who carry around insecurities and it's like not easily easy to always be on edge like that yeah i i can i imagine like it would be really difficult to not feel like a person is attacking you when like a person is attacking or maybe even just like pointing something out yeah it can just be a statement of fact and yeah. it becomes a statement of attack yeah 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 so that's very difficult to live with i agree and the more of them you have they sort of it, it, it's funny because they don't add up they mm-hmm. multiply with each other exponentially yeah so like if someone for example if you have body image issues mm-hmm. and you also are insecure that you're dumb mm-hmm. and if someone sort of <laughs> says that that wasn't a very smart thing to do uh, you automatically the insecurity about being dumb triggers and then it's almost like a chain reaction where you go down the spiral of like yeah i'm dumb I look like shit nobody likes me I'm mm-hmm. all alone and it's like all these things trigger one by one and it's like it's all linked even yeah. though the statement that they said was just I mean theoretically should have just triggered one of those right yeah. but like this is I think this is partly why people go down spirals cuz it, it's all linked and it, the the common thing between all of them is you yeah the it's self image literally every all of these thoughts are about you that are so deeply ingrained and like it's just so hard to decouple them from each other and even harder to decouple each of them from you yeah i i would agree with that i think uh, it's very important to handle all of these things with compassion 
that's the like main takeaway that i'm going to uh, consider from this whole like conversation that we've had so far yeah but talking about good people now how do you mm. because uh, a lot of times there are these like dualities if people are not good then they must be bad yeah. and like you said a lot of times it's a result of black and white thinking so do you label people as good so weirdly kind of yes mm-hmm. um but it's not like a spectrum from good and bad it's not like negative 100 to 100 mm-hmm. i kind of think of it like 0 to 100 okay like people at baseline are all okay and nice and normal mm-hmm. and they're they're even so it's weird because our my vocabulary is lacking maybe there's words for this that i don't know but at the baseline i would say those people are also good and then you know they get great as they get better and better and better and when i say better it's mostly like when i categorize people this is going to sound a bit weird but it's like what can i learn from them mm-hmm. what they, what can i give them what do they want from me what can they learn from me it's a lot of like how do we interact how do we fit into each other's lives that sounds very transactional mm-hmm. and i think to, it is to a large extent but at baseline i think it's very important to have like a decent amount of compassion uh for just every human being regardless of who what why they've done and it's not easy i don't know how many people would agree with this because like uh, when i've told this to other people i've heard that you should not be compassionate towards bad people mm-hmm. um it's just hard to feel not to not feel compassionate towards them and it's not like a thing that i feel like i need to get over yeah i think it's just useful to not be uncompassionate yeah it it feels good to be compassionate and it feels right for lack of a better word i wouldn't even say it's a good feeling it's the right feeling to me yeah i i guess i i do agree with you there and uh, just to reiterate a previous point like there are some people that you might feel compassion for sure but it would be stupid objectively stupid to like i guess give them an excuse for certain things like people yeah. who commit like violent crimes or yeah. people who are genuinely like in a headspace where they can be dangerous to you or uh, people who just don't seem to have any empathy for others who don't seem to feel any like emotions as such sure like that might be a result of their genetics or their upbringing or things that they have no control over but there's no changing the fact that like this person is someone who is capable of doing bad things Yeah I don't think uh, compassion has to come with making excuses compassion is an internal feeling yeah it doesn't have to influence what you do in real uh, like outside of yourself mm-hmm. it's just good to have that feeling internally mm-hmm. i think because and also not let it guide you because sometimes you often times you need to enforce boundaries and compassion gets in the way of impor- enforcing good boundaries yeah so it's it's a balance and just like you shouldn't let bad thoughts dominate your mind you shouldn't let good thoughts dominate your mind and really choose which thoughts at which time you want to dominate your mind yeah. and by definition if you want to have a balance that means that there's no objective sense of what a good or a bad thought is is just like what is useful and required and needed at this time in this situation mm-hmm. that is where i feel the categorization of good and bad falls apart because it's not about whether something is objectively good or something is objectively bad even our understanding of subjective good and bad is based on what is needed and useful and required for us at any given moment in time i think uh, there's a statement or a sentiment that i read in a book by donna tart i forget which book it was i think it was the secret history but i could be wrong 
so the concept was that sometimes you could be uh, doing like really bad things like really really horrible things and they just lead to a good outcome and in that case like is the thing good looking back at it or is is it like bad or like what is it so i would even ask what is the good outcome yeah that's the thing right like in situations like these the categorization of like good and bad just fall apart so completely i remember there was this uh, tv episode i was watching and uh, it was an episode of seinfeld hmm. and uh, there was this uh, one person who worked at a restaurant and uh, the two lead characters they got this person fired because they were complaining about uh, something that this person did and then they felt like really horrible about it and then they uh, went to his apartment and then they tried to make up for it and so on and uh, what happened eventually was that uh, there was some accident in the kitchen of that restaurant and people got killed and this person was like oh you guys saved my life because you got me fired hmm so sometimes looking back like some things which are bad can actually lead to good outcomes and in here the in this case the inherent assumption is that surviving is a good outcome <laughs> i mean i would say that's common sense because yeah. people want to survive for sure um but let's acknowledge that assumption there right yeah yeah, yeah. so i think uh, that's the thing right like it's so difficult to label things as uh, good or bad in certain cases yeah and there are some things which can be labeled as objectively bad like you know murder murder but then again like you might argue one might argue that uh, like state sanctioned murder exists yeah so yeah i don't know like there's a very uh, thin line between what is okay what is not okay i think like uh, things such as i don't know like child molestation and stuff like that that's like objectively inherently bad anyone can say that that yeah. stuff is like you know yeah. bad but um, most things that don't fall under this category I think are pretty subjective. Yeah, I I think in yeah okay. So if there's one thing I would say is bad, bad, bad. Mm-hmm. I think hurting another human being intentionally mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hurting, I mean, why even limited to human beings? Hurting another living and hurting something that's not you with the intention to hurt it is bad. Yeah. And in some sense, I would say it's bad for you. Mm-hmm. As much as it's maybe not as much as it's bad for them, but it's also bad for you. I think people miss that. Um, they the thing that perpetrators if they go unpunished they don't have any consequences i think they don't have as many consequences as, as they should have in that situation but they still have some consequences and honestly the mind is a very powerful punisher more than anything the world can inflict on you yeah for sure uh so i think like uh, i definitely would agree with you there that in terms of actions i would draw the line at uh, hurting people intentionally or uh, on purpose but then again with like you know something such as cheating right like people definitely label cheating as bad and for very good reason in a lot of relationships but if you're using cheating as a tool to like get out of a relationship that was doomed and you don't realize it at that point of time and the partner also doesn't realize it but then you like look at the relationship and you realize that it's been a very abusive relationship or something like that then you can sort of like understand where you you're can, coming from you can understand and i would uh, i it, again it's not intentional in the sense that you don't know why you're doing it yeah. like often often times we're just controlled by our mind and we don't know why <laughs> like that's yeah. basically all of human mistakes in history I yeah i mean there could actually no i mean there could be mistakes that you made with intention mm-hmm. and i would say that's a minority 
agree with you. Most mistakes are just like when you give into your mind, what your mind is telling you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, give into your ego, give into your greed, desires, things like that. That's where things go wrong. No mm-hmm. one, as far as I know, is impervious to that. Um, and at the same time, it has consequences. So we need to take both of those together. Yeah. Maybe we can end off with a simple question. If you have any listeners now, is this a good podcast <laughs> or a bad podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good podcast. Yeah, I mean we're biased, so you yeah. know, we'll always have the response. But yeah.